Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we got the one, the only Johnny Franchise, <laughs> aka Johnny Francis is, I guess, what it says on your, John Francis is what it says on your birth certificate. Uh, right. But your website, Johnny, is johnnyfranchise.com. Great brand. I love it. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thank you. It's fun. It's memorable. And it's, I guess I, it's who I am. So it, it's real. Absolutely. So you've been in the franchise world for quite some time. When did that begin? Right. Well, I grew up in a franchise company. Uh, my dad was a barber, actually cut hair back in the 50s here in Minnesota. And he, together with my mother, franchised barber shops in the 60s, which wow. was way early. At the time, there were restaurants and gas stations and a few other franchise models, not much. And he was an early adopter, used the franchising model to build his barber shop business. Uh, and he was a fantastic entrepreneur. My dad, uh, he passed away in 94, but he used franchising as a way to expand and really created opportunity for barbers to become business owners uh, beyond just the one salon, one barbershop uh, model that was pretty prevalent at the time. He created a path for success for franchisees of barbershops and hair salons and really revolutionized the industry. He my dad's actually in the Hall of Fame uh, for barber, the barber industry, and for the franchise industry. Uh, my mother and father are in there together. They changed the industry. Anyway, I grew up franchising. I thought everything was a franchise when I was a kid. I thought everybody owned two or three businesses of their own, and I, I thought everybody worked for themselves except for the people that worked for us. And uh, so I, I just thought that was the way it was. That's what I grew up with. And of course, as I got older, I realized that no, not everything is a franchise and, and certainly not. And as I really got more experience, I realized not everything should be franchised, mm -hmm. right? It's, it doesn't work for everything, uh, but it works for a lot of things, a lot of services, a lot of products, a lot of different industries. And so I've been a big fan of franchising really all of my adult life. Um, I've been a franchisor. I've been a franchisee in multiple brands for years, mm -hmm. served in the industry association for years and still very active. And. I just love franchising. When it's done really well, everybody wins when it's done properly. You know, I'm looking at some stats here and the number of franchise establishments in the United States, I mean, we'll see by the end of this year, obviously, but I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven consecutive years of growth uh, in number of franchise establishments. Yeah. I, the franchise industry as a, as a, as a whole, they do some studies, right? They do some analysis and it's economic impact study has been pretty dramatic. Uh, it shows what franchising creates and generates in the economy. It's not just the units and the people that work there, but the huge networks of supplier companies, service companies, lawyers, uh, attorneys, you know, marketing companies, you know, all kinds of distribution that happens because of franchising. Lots and lots of employment, lots and lots of jobs. And, and franchising is, 
generally pretty steady. Uh, even when there's a recession, it maybe doesn't grow quite as fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that franchising goes backwards too often uh, because it's just generally proven success. And like I said, when it's done properly, you know, there's a real collaborative approach to franchising. In a good, healthy brand, there's a lot of culture about help each other win, that competitive mindset, but internally to suspend and, and really grow and extend the success inside of a brand creates a powerful combination of local owners who really execute yeah. well and the franchisor who innovates and constantly is taking those best practices and making that brand even more competitive and more successful, which again creates more competition, uh, which creates new opportunities for all kinds of people. So it's it's a powerful point of leverage. Uh, when it's done well, it, it really is is creates a lot of success. Yeah, I, I think everyone knows that, you know, your typical churn rate uh, of a franchise, franchisee is is lower than a traditional. And I don't, do you, maybe do you know the numbers on that? But but taking that into account, yeah. and I'll, I'll let you share those numbers because <laughs> I don't know what they are. All I know is I've heard, oh yeah, it's, you know, franchises typically don't turn over as quickly as just a mom and pop's trying this, trying their hand at business ownership, which, you know, can, can be dicey. Uh, but you think about the economic impact, the franchise model, and that support, that systemic support uh, that is generally baked in uh, and how that increases uh, the success of the economy as a result of that stability from right. all of those small independent business locations. Um, franchising is good for the economy. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And I would tell you that even in this situation with the COVID crisis this year, you know, it's been pretty brutal on a lot of small businesses. Certainly a lot of uh, restaurants have been shut down. A lot of service providers have been shut down. But generally speaking, I see the franchise brands, the franchised models are uh, surviving better. And what's happening is we're seeing consolidation where instead of a unit closing, that owner might sell to another franchisee in the same brand. Yeah. So we're seeing this, the units stay open. There may be fewer owners that own the same number of units, but now we're seeing more franchise uh, acceleration because the people who are getting laid off and let go from their day jobs or their other careers, they still have money. The housing market is still up. The stock market, thank God, came back. So some of the folks still have the ability and they're saying, you know, I've had it. I'm going to go buy my own business. So we're seeing franchise leads and franchise sales and franchise development is actually picked up quite a bit, uh, especially in some segments, which people understand is essential or well, you know, they didn't shut down during the COVID. They actually accelerated and expanded. So we're seeing a, frank, a fair amount of growth in franchising right now. And I think that when all this shakeout is done, let's say it's another year or two before things kind of stabilize and people get back to the economy in what I would say is a new normal, I think franchising is going to take a big step forward uh, in general because of the success and the, the, yeah. the support and the scale and I think the familiarity, you know, even 10 years ago when I was doing my thing and franchising, people are still like, oh, that's it. You know, people think of franchise, they think of McDonald's or, you know, the huge companies, you know. Now people are realizing that franchising is in a lot of industries. I think it's over 100 industries that use franchising as a method of distribution. So 
people understand that it's not just these gigantic restaurant brands, that there are all kinds of franchises in all kinds of very attractive, real interesting ways that it's been put to use. So it's it's a good thing. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, and, and, man, there's a couple of things I'm really excited to chat with you about. Uh, you know, I, I definitely want to talk about um, you know, adopting a franchise model to any business. I'm going to get to that in yeah. just a minute. Okay. Um, but you know, before that, I, I really wanted to get your uh, kind of your, you know, you got the finger on the pulse of the franchise industry pretty well, and uh, I'm curious what trends you're seeing. And I hope you don't mind sharing both. Ooh, this sector's kind of, you know, I probably wouldn't jump on that this into this sector right now. Um, so kind of the good and the bad, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, well, there was recently an article just published. Um, I just saw it on LinkedIn like this week about uh, for 2020, these are the brands that are the hot sellers and these are the brands that are the not sellers. And, um, you know, generally speaking, the ones that are hot, right now are uh, anything related to cleaning, sanitation, janitorial, uh, especially commercial cleaning, offices, stores, you know, hospitals, they, they, anything, everything needs to be cleaned and people have a heightened sense of cleanliness and uh, germ, dealing with germs and, and things of that nature. So that whole mm-hmm. category is, is expanding. Uh, we see a lot in home services, remodeling services are up. Swimming pools are, are up. Uh, home equipment, things for the home, home offices and furniture and equipment related to home offices, uh, all that kind of, people are at home, staying home and they want to be comfortable at home. Yeah. So, um, per- courier, I would imagine courier services for sure and delivery. Yeah, yeah all that kind of stuff is a hot, uh, uh, a kind of a demographic trend that's still, it's been strong and I think it's going to stay strong is that what we call senior care at home. Oh, where you want your seniors to stay healthy and yes. stay at home. They don't want to go to some other facility or whatever. They want to stay home. So services, there's lots of things that, that are involved with helping, uh, you know, elderly folks stay safe and healthy at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a huge growth and that's still growing. The, the bigger challenge there is staffing, right? Getting the right employees, which is another conversation um, really for every business. Things that you, I see if that you are, were positioned before COVID for that, I, yeah. I can't imagine the number of seniors that were, you know, in some sort of a, you know, you know, community, you know, uh, you know, home or whatever, and you know, everyone's like, we got to get grandma out of there. there, get them, get them, bring them into our yeah. house, and uh, we'll, we'll modify the house and let them yep. with us. So yeah, there's there's a fair amount of that. Um, the areas where things have slowed down. Uh, clearly, the high-end restaurants, you know, the in 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 dining, in-person dining, or whatever, the bigger full-service restaurants, they're seeing some challenges uh, just based on, you know, the economy and and the the reluctance for people to go out and gather in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some real carnage, I guess, in that category. Some brands are filing bankruptcies. You know, there's a lot of opportunity. People like to pursue those. Um, but uh, that's a real challenge. And I think, you know, I don't know if that'll ever really come back the way it was uh, just because of society and culture and, and people have different kind of uh, priorities, I think now. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of franchises out there, all kinds and um, lots of good ones. You know, I, I mean, I could switch gears and talk about, you know, how to do it, but use, you take your time, do your homework, you know, 
do a full investigation. I, I used to, when I was selling franchises, I would say, you know, the more you know about this business or this brand or this opportunity, the better decision you'll make to either do it and join our brand or not do it and know why. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of great resources out there for finding and, and uh, choosing a great franchise. But yeah. So speaking of which, um, so I, you know, I'm on your website, johnnyfranchise.com, right. and um, you, you provide some great resources. Matter of fact, I was just looking, where's that book go? You had a book that you were giving away or selling. Well, right? it's the top 10 tips. I, uh, yeah. My uh, marketing uh, advisory people are telling me, you know, you got to have something valuable, give it away. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Easy, <laughs> easy to do. I don't mind. You know, I love what I do, and I've done it for so long. I love helping people with franchising. So they said, could you create a top tips for franchisees? And I had already done two. I had five five tips, and then I had five more tips. And they mm-hmm. said, just make it 10. So, mm-hmm. okay, 10. so top 10 tips for franchisees. And these are beyond the obvious, you know, show up and do hard work. You know, <laughs> these, are, uh, these are a little more, uh, I would say, um, specific to franchising yeah. and how to leverage being in a franchise. because. Franchising has a lot of nuances, and, and I don't care what in, what industry, what type of franchise, if it's a little one that's regional, or if it's a great big national, international brand, there are some things that are unique to being in a franchise that I consider real points of leverage, points of advantage. So those top tips are really for those people who are in a brand and really want to get more. I say, here's how to get more out of your franchise or without writing any checks. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's my top 10 tips is, uh, I think it's valuable. Uh, I get a lot of good feedback from it. And it, the, the idea is it opens a few conversations, right? And uh, that's my opportunity to help people figure out what they need to do to, to keep growing and find success. Yeah. Uh, so um, now for our friends that are, you know, not in a franchise business, they, you know, they've started their traditional business. Right. Uh, there's so much you can learn from franchise best practices, you know, um, getting your business ready to franchise. We kind yeah. of go back to some Michael Gerber stuff on That's that, right. but, yeah. you know, document and build processes and systems for everything mm-hmm. as if, you know, again, you've got that SOP so that you can hand it over to someone and say, listen, here is how you successfully run and up my influence. For example, for me, and so I, I, you know, because we have everything documented so well, and we've thought about, you know, all the threats and the weaknesses and, and, you know, the, the, the plans around that, but what are some major areas that, that you believe that traditional business owners could benefit from that kind of that franchise mindset? Yeah. You, using a franchise framework, even if you choose not to franchise, uh, it, uh, clearly there's some strategies that are universal. The, the first and most important, I would say, is training. Training, training, training. A good franchise system offers tremendous training up front when a franchisee is new to that brand, but ongoing uh, for the, for, and for training at different levels. You've got owner training, you've got manager training, and you've got maybe frontline staff training. So developing training systems, training platforms, there's a lot of training technology now that's been uh, converted and, and really fantastic tools and utility to make sure that training is delivered and it's effective and you can actually measure uh, not only how they participate, but how they perform before, during and after the training. So lots and lots of training systems. I think that's a huge advantage. 
I guess the other piece is, um, you know, marketing, the, the marketing efficiency in a good franchise brand. There's kind of three layers, again, of, of marketing. There's like national brand awareness type if they're big enough and have budgets there on television or they sponsor some teams or, you know, uh, sports and things, big national brand marketing. Then there's kind of regional brand. If it's a state or a city or a, a metropolitan area, you might have a blended market with uh, a lot of owners that run a lot of stores, but they coordinate and have what's called a co-op in that local area. And then there's a local marketing at the unit level, at the neighborhood level, at the community level. So you're going to have that coordinated messaging from national brand through regional or market-wide down to the local level. So right. building that, that alignment and making sure that those offers and consistency and, and uh, communication is really effective. Managing those kind of uh, campaigns at those multiple levels and managing the budgets around all of that is very complicated. Let me just tell you, it, gets, <laughs> it can be very challenging, but when you do it well, it's powerful. We'll talk about leverage. Again, you've got spending, leveraging, spending, leveraging, spending. And those kind of techniques that can work well in a franchise brand, I mean, they're expected in a franchise brand. Clearly, those things apply to other chains or national brands that maybe aren't franchised. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. those are some similar things, the training and the marketing. I mean, there's probably a few more I could think of. If, uh, But, you know, the franchise, if you're going to franchise, you know, the, the key it, to really consider it is, is this model sustainable as an independent unit? I mean, it has to make sense at the unit level that franchisee has to be able to operate and manage that business and pay the fees to run that business. I like to say there's an investment to buying the franchise, the startup costs, the initial fees, the equipment, the vehicles, the inventory, all of that. But there's also an investment to own that business because when a business starts out, you know, it usually takes a little while for that thing to generate cash flow and, and generate profits. It might take a few months, it might take a few years for that franchisee to replace their income if that's what they're trying to do. So making the initial investment is kind of part one, but being able to sustain that investment and be the owner for the amount of time it takes and, and sustain that business while you're not really taking the big paychecks, it comes later. Yeah. So I, I think it's important that a franchise, if you're going to franchise your business, make sure you understand the business you're really in. And then ultimately, it's a it's a mind shift. You're no longer in the let's say it's a an ice cream shop that you want to franchise. You're no longer just selling ice cream. Now you're selling franchises of ice cream and franchising has a different set of skills. There's a lot of relationship, a lot of communication, a lot of different things that happen in franchising that can be very different than the business you came from. Uh, so I say when you franchise your business, you're still in that business, but now you're also in the franchising business. And mm -hmm. there are um, a lot of a lot of differences that are important to understand uh, if someone wanted to choose that. But it's a great way to go if you're ready for it and you're thought it through. Uh, it, it creates a lot of opportunity, but uh, it's like anything I've learned and nothing's easy. You know, it takes a lot of time and an awful lot of effort. Franchising is regulated. There's some issues around that with the federal regulations, some state regulations in certain states. You got to be prepared for that. So it's it's a real commitment. You know, it's not something to say, oh, we're going to franchise. I think you really have to be uh, well informed and well prepared to do it properly.
Yeah, no question. You know, and I, I, I know we only have about a minute left, but you have a great program um, called the Franchise Life Cycle. Um, and it, a lot of who you serve are people that are franchisees. And right. they may not be hitting their goals despite the support that they're getting from their franchisor. And so you, you help that audience. Right. Right. Yeah. I've been a franchisee multiple times and multiple brands. I've been a franchisor multiple times and multiple brands. And I've kind of boiled down my, my experience into what I would say are um, common denominator, best practices, uh, brand and industry agnostic, just saying, look, there are some consistent things that franchisees can do. I've broken it into four phases of life, uh, you know, startup, kind of the transitional growth year, maturing year and then what i call the rock star the superstar Mm -hmm. and um, hopefully you can take a brand an individual can take their franchise business to those four levels so i created an online training program that's relatively straightforward no nonsense it's four videos it's pretty uh, manageable there's a little bit of coaching time with me because i want to make sure that they get the value and come away with some what to do next is kind of the answer. You know, I, I like to help people who might be frustrated or challenged or stuck or, or for whatever reason, don't know what happened. It's just not working anymore. Yeah. And they really want to get back on track before they fall apart. Um, it's also useful for franchisors. Uh, sometimes their staff and the people who support the franchisees have never been a franchisee, so they don't know what it feels like or what it sounds like or what those franchisees are thinking, the decisions and choices they need to make. And then the franchisor could use it for their franchisees to say, look, here's an outside resource. We think this is valuable. It might help you learn more and apply better what we're already have for you. We've already got these systems and conferences and people and resources and technology and programs and all the, all the stuff that a good brand already has. Sometimes the franchisees lose track or lose sight or, or lose their, their perspective. Yeah, And my goal is to bring it back and make it real and make it valuable to stick with that brand and get focused on being a good franchisee and really find that success. That's what I'm that's what I want to do is help people be more successful with the franchise they're in. They call you Johnny Franchise. You're on the web at johnnyfranchise.com. That's right. Johnny, thank you so much uh, for everything. Really, really appreciated chatting with you. Thank you, Josh. Likewise. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. 
You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm -hmm.